Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. I remember reading a story once about Albert Einstein. The story recalls a a train trip that Einstein was on. Maybe some of you have heard or read this story before. The story goes that Einstein was sitting on a train when the conductor started down the aisle, punching the tickets of all the passengers. When he came to Einstein, Einstein reached into his coat pocket but couldn't find his ticket. So he reached into his pants pockets but still couldn't find the ticket. He opened up his briefcase. He looked in the seat next to him but still no ticket. The conductor said to Einstein, Doctor, I know who you are. We all know who you are. I'm sure that you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein thanked the conductor, who then continued down the aisle punching tickets. As the conductor was ready to move to the next car, he turned and and saw Einstein down on his hands and knees looking under under his seat for his ticket. The conductor rushed back down the aisle and said, Dr. Einstein, don't worry. I know who you are. We all know who you are. You don't need a ticket. Truly, it's not a problem. And Einstein looked at the conductor and said, Sir, I, I know that you know who I am. I know who I am too. What I don't know is where I'm going. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure if that actually happened to Einstein. I've read it in several different uh, places. Maybe it's it's an apocryphal story, but, but I think it speaks to a deep truth. We're all seeking direction in our lives. Where are we going? What, what happens next? Will you give us some guidance, Lord? Those are the questions that are on the minds of the disciples in our gospel reading for today. Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied, says Philip. And Jesus responds, Have I been with you all this time and you still do not know? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus, remember, is saying goodbye to his disciples, and they they just don't understand what he's trying to say to them. How can he be leaving us? Where, Where are we going to go? What are we going to do now? What happens next? And so Jesus responds, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. We all need direction in life, and The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth is that guide for the church, Jesus says today. Today is is Pentecost, the birthday of the church, the 50th and final day of the Easter season. Pentecost is also a, a Jewish holy day, sometimes referred to as the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot, and Pentecost simply means 50th. It's a Jewish holiday that follows, that, that follows 50 days after Passover, and it was a, a pilgrimage day when Jews were required to travel to Jerusalem to offer their first fruits of the harvest in the temple. Over time, and especially after the destruction of the temple in 70 CE, Pentecost also became the day on which the Jews celebrate God's giving of the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel through Moses on Mount Sinai. For Jews, Pentecost is about 
the giving of the law. It's about celebrating God's abiding presence with God's chosen people. And it's this understanding of Pentecost that serves as the backdrop to the well-known account that we hear in the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. Luke, the author of Acts, says that the disciples are in Jerusalem. There are 120 believers in the upper room of a house, and thousands of people are in the streets for Shavuot. Right before our story for today, the believers cast lots, and Matthias is chosen to replace Judas Iscariot as an apostle. These believers are praying, they're waiting, and then suddenly it happens. Luke tries to describe this indescribable event by saying that it was as if violent winds had swept through the house. There was fire. The fire formed itself into tongues and the believers began to speak the gospel in the many and different languages of all the people gathered in Jerusalem. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judeans, men and women from all parts of the world. And they they all understood each other. What does this mean, the people ask? And Simon begins to explain. Simon Peter says, God has given us the Holy Spirit. After the sermon, Luke says that 3,000 people came to believe in Jesus and were baptized. And as we read just a few verses after today's appointed reading, they, these newly baptized people, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The church as we know it, is born. All of this is the reason that we traditionally have baptisms on Pentecost. In baptism, we say that God gives us the Holy Spirit. When we baptize Thomas in just a few minutes, I will say to him after his baptism, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Baptism is an indelible mark of the Holy Spirit on Thomas, but but it's also a sign that the church is being renewed and born again. The church continues ever forward. Listen again to some of the words from today's reading from Acts. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. Fire, remember, is a a sign of the divine presence of God in the Bible. In Genesis, God appears to Abram in a dream as a a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch. Moses encounters God in a burning bush that wasn't being consumed. The Israelites knew that God was near when Mount Sinai was covered in smoke and fire. Elijah is carried to heaven by a chariot of fire with horses that are also on fire. In the book of Revelation, at the very end of the Bible, John describes his vision of the Son of God in this way. He says, His head and his hair were white as wool, white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, says John, he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining with full force. Fire is a a sign of the divine, but, but it always seems to be out there, somewhere else. In Acts, though, Luke tells us that the presence of God isn't in some other thing, but it's found in the people gathered together. The fire, the very presence of God, rested on each of them. 
John the Baptist promised, remember, was that one more powerful than he was coming, and when he came, he would baptize not only with water, but with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The presence of God, the Spirit of God, is is not just out there. The presence of God is in us. Lord, show us the Father, we say, and Jesus says to us, "Look, look in a mirror. God now resides within you. The story of Pentecost is the story of our continual connection to God, and that's because we say that the Holy Spirit of God now dwells in us. I remember hearing Tom Long, the former professor of preaching at the Candler School of Theology in Atlanta, tell a a story of when he was a young, newly ordained Presbyterian pastor. He recalled that one Sunday he announced to his congregation, congregation, next Next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, I'm going to start a church school class on the basics of the Christian faith. He said, if you are new to the faith or if you would like a refresher course in the faith, I invite you to come and join me next Sunday at 10. He says that the next week came, he went to his classroom expecting a, a great throng of parishioners and he was immediately disappointed. There were only three elementary school children, three little girls there in the classroom waiting for him, and Long says that he tried to hide his disappointment and to do his best to teach these little girls about the Christian faith. The week before Pentecost Sunday, Long said to the three little girls, do you know what Pentecost is? They said that they did not, and so he said, Pentecost Pentecost was when the church was seated in a circle and tongues of fire came down from heaven and landed on their heads and they spoke the gospel in all the languages of the world. Long said that two of the little girls took that news rather calmly, but one of the girls got her eyes as big as saucers and when she could finally speak, she said, Reverend Long, we must have been absent that Sunday because we don't remember anything like that happening in our church. And he concludes, the beautiful thing about that is not that she misunderstood what I was saying. The beautiful thing is that she thought it could have happened in our church. The Desert Fathers of the ancient church, and I'll end with this, tell a story of a a young monk who goes to an older monk seeking advice on how to live a, a deeper, fuller Christian life. The older monk asks the younger monk what he's doing right then, and the young monk responds that he he says his prayers, he goes to confession regularly, he fasts, he receives Holy Communion, that he tries to live in peace and harmony with all of his fellow monks. And at that point, the older monk stands up and extends his hands to heaven, and suddenly all of his fingers begin to blaze like a fire. And the older monk said to the younger monk, if you will, all of your life, can become as a fire. The story of Pentecost is not not simply meant to be an ancient story of the faith that we remember fondly in an annual celebration. No, that's, that's not what Pentecost is about. The story of Pentecost is meant to be a reminder of God's abiding presence within each one of us. It's the story of God's Spirit lighting our lives, directing us, leading us, inspiring us as we seek to share the good news with the world. If you will, all of your life can become as a fire. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, inspire our souls, enlighten us with your celestial fire. 
Come, Holy Spirit, ignite our hearts and flame our lives and kindle our spirits that we may burn anew with your love. Come, Holy Spirit, overcome our timid and tepid faith with these encouragements of your presence and gospel. Come, Holy Spirit, warm up all that is cold and frozen in us and give us the flame of lively living and believing. Come, Holy Spirit, take our words and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with, for, with love for you. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.